now entering the Lucid Live Vibes portal. This portal is wide open and guess what everybody? I have Mike back for an encore podcast and this might become a regular thing. We've got some coffee and you guys responded. The feedback on our last podcast, which was episode 20, has been amazing. You guys loved it. You loved how we were really diving deep and going really high into thought experiment and bringing some questions and thoughts forward. So today, I'm not going to waste any time as we really get into this. We're going to talk about AI. That's right. The whole AI phenomenon, many of you might know it as a chat. GPT. Am I saying that right? GPT. (laughs) Many different versions. Yes. And the difference between the chat software, the chat, the the AI chats and chatbots versus quantum computing. We're not scientists. We're not scientists. We're just asking questions as being humans on planet Earth in this universe, asking all the questions in That's something that we talked about in the last episode and I've talked about in previous podcasts. And those of you that jump into my live streams or maybe see my content on other social media platforms like Clapper, YouTube, Twitter, um, you guys know that I really believe in all of us, all human beings, bringing forward information, whether it's meditation whether it's discovery here on planet earth, we all have perspective, we all have this knowing, and we can all be investigators. We can all be explorers. We can all ask the questions. And so I love that so many people right now that are bringing forward thoughts, ideas, and new knowledge, wisdom, and truth, intelligence are not academia. I love that. This this is the way it should be. Humans should be having these conversations outside of academia. And so it doesn't matter if it's philosophy, whatever label you want to put on it. We are going to rip off the labels. We are labelless here. And we're going to open all the boxes and not put ourselves in the boxes. We want to look at everything, all the angles. So without further ado, Mike is back. Mike is back, this Life Path Master 11, and he is 40-something, just to give you guys a little bit of idea here. We've been married for 22 years. We're both Gen Xers. We met in 1998, and we did party like it was 1999, (laughs) (laughs) and we survived Y2K. (laughs) Y2K, that was an interesting time for sure. You know, the the baby boomers, and no offense if you're a boomer, um, and like grandparents, great-grandparents, they all had these fear closets, or what I called it, where they stocked up these closets or spare rooms as um, this assurance of Y2K if the computers had reset back to, I don't even remember what the... I think it was back to 1900. <laughs> It was insane. What an ignorant thought now when I look back. Like it was such ignorance because there was so much unknown. We didn't know. 
And it's interesting because on one of my live streams recently, I brought back up the Katie Couric, the, the Today Show, the original like Brian Gumble, Katie Couric interview. I don't remember who they had on, but you and I watched it together. And Katie Couric says, what is internet? What is internet? Not is what is the internet, the internet, what is internet? We had no idea. And even when I was in college in the early nineties, computers were typewriters. They were green screen typewriters, word processors. We didn't even do email when I was in college. So when we would go to the library, it was card catalog and it was computers for just typing. Printing purposes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I remember doing little programs, making a heart in school with a Mac computer. Oh, I spent the entire seventh grade, an entire semester making a smiley face on the green screen. I was I was so angry at the end of the semester that I had put forth all that effort to make a smiley face on a green screen. I, it, I was not enthused. I was not excited. And then what happened when we got the internet, the squealing phone line, we had to unplug our phones, plug it, the phone line into the computer and it would scream and squeal and we would be connected. And we didn't even know what we were doing other than sending emails. I think in that same news spot, when they asked the question, what is internet? They also tried to cover WWW. Because nobody knew what in the world the World Wide Web was. Like, what the heck is that? So the we all know now that the WWW, the World Wide Web, what we see is kind of like this iceberg effect. We're only seeing what? Uh, 10% or less. Of what's really on the internet. Yeah, for sure. That's where the deep, dark web comes in. And those of us... Suppose a deep, dark web. And those of us that... Uh, used this idea of school choice when raising our children. Uh, I, I definitely can't own the name homeschooling or unschooling because we didn't do either of those. We did something that looked different. We got really creative what worked for our family and our son, and he's an adult now. And for us, it was interesting because we realized that colleges and like MIT, for example, they had all this curriculum online that we could access. So my son was able to access all these colleges, universities, and tap into all their online free resources, like all the course curriculum, everything was there. It was amazing. So for us, when you knew how to search that information for knowledge, it was pretty incredible. So I know that there's a large part of the internet because we did school choice we used it as a library. We used it to find, and it's incredible. But it also really reminds me of this idea of the dead internet theory. And I know there's a lot of different theories on this, but the one that I wanted to bring forward before we talk about AI and kind of move into our present moment is remember when we would search and there would just be millions of pages of information and websites. And then, of course... Once Google kind of took over, now there were ads everywhere, right? And the mm-hmm. people that are paying are the people that are showing up on the first however many pages or scrolls, right? 
And for us, when when we first got on, even when our son was in school and we were really utilizing the internet for information as a library, as a resource, knowledge, there was so much information. And now when you go, that information is limited. There's not near as many pages of information, which is like, what happened to all that information? It's still there. It's just places like Google isn't serving it up. Right. The iceberg effect. That's why you only see the 10% of the internet that's out there. Uh, yeah, I wish we all had access to everything that was on the internet and all the information. It definitely seems like it's getting uh, <clears throat> more biased, I guess I would say, and, and harder to find specific information that you're looking for. And this really goes back to this idea of 2020 and social media becoming this extension of media and even the media getting to choose what they share and how they share it. And even this idea of the title, the clickbait, (laughs) you know, the people that just read the headlines and there's headlines that don't match the content You know, and so if you're just going to read all the headlines, you could have a really false reality of what's going on. A lot of illusions can be at play. And nowadays, a lot of the content is cherry picked very specifically and worded very specifically so that it pushes an idea or a narrative or something to that effect. Absolutely. And then also the banning and the shadow banning and everything that occurred there and knowing which platforms have hired which companies to ban and shadow ban people that go against the narrative. And we're not going to get into that, but I feel like we needed to lay this foundation of what is happening on the internet. And we have the experience. I remember saving all summer long for $110 for that Atari that had Pong. I remember being in the first uh, Mac, Macintosh, the Apple. We called it Macintosh. I remember playing the black and white uh, flight simulator, the very first Microsoft flight simulator. It was boring, but fun at the same time. Something so new. So we were a part of that. We we were a part of that. Gen X really is, we're game changers. <laughs> And we were able to really shift the energy and really shift forward the the innovation. The innovation. When you look at Gen Xers and how they have really inspired innovation, and that's empowering. That's really empowering. I mean, this idea of Elon Musk, and again, it doesn't matter what you feel about him, your personal feelings or judgment towards him. But just think about this. Here's this guy who wants to go into space, break free of the atmosphere, orbit, moon, Mars, wherever it may be. And his whole thought behind this was, I've got enough. I have invested enough for three launches, three launches. He had no intention of being on Mars or wherever it is, the very first launch. He knew it was going to take multiple launches. He knew that it wasn't failure. It was a learning process. And when you can shift the perspective that when you're just launching something, 
and giving something a go, you're not even trying, you're doing it. You're doing it. Like Yoda says, like Yoda says, there do or do not. There's no trying. And when you're doing it to acknowledge I'm doing this thing and it doesn't matter how many launches it takes, how many doings it takes, you're learning, you're growing, you're expanding, you're evolving, you're becoming whatever that is. And you're learning so much in the life process of it all. So if you could just step out of seeing things as failures, right, or flaws, there's always what? A discovery, something new to know. Absolutely. It's a perspective shift or perspective change or just looking at it differently as opposed to the rocket being the example, expecting the rocket to go off without a hitch and expecting things to go perfectly because of all the time and effort and work that you put into it. Instead, knowing that something might go wrong and you're going to learn something from it so that the next time is even better, it's just a perspective shift. It's a different way of looking at things. And it really is, if you're going to step out and be innovative, If you're going to step out and be the explorer and find the truth and not be biased, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. But that takes courage and strength and focus. Some thick skin. It does, because even Elon Musk, when he was attempting those first three launches, all his astronaut idols, all the guys that inspired him to want to do what he was doing, had a press conference and they made fun of him. They made fun of him publicly. I mean, it broke his heart, actually. It broke his heart. I mean, here he is living out and people didn't believe in him and they laughed at him. And now look, and then, you know, it also reminds me back in 2008, uh, Tesla. He had to trade trade stock. Something went on. He he was basically down to nothing in 2008. I mean, on the brink yeah, in he, 2008. Yeah, he had to trade uh, or sell some of his Tesla stocks or move some of the money from Tesla into SpaceX, which really put Tesla in a bad spot. Uh, but, you know, there was a belief in what he was doing and, and uh, knowing that that it was something spectacular. And I'm sure he felt it inside when he took that leap. He took that risk, if you want to call it that, and put uh, he YOLO'd it. (laughs) He sure did. He sure did. And, you know, when your goal is to go to Mars, that's so big. I mean, how many people have that big of a target (laughs) for what they want? Think about that. That's huge. That's huge. How many people are willing to open themselves up and and be like, yes, all in, let's go. And this is how I feel about people like Graham Hancock right now. And he's been really targeted as well. He doesn't claim to be a scientist. He doesn't claim to be academia. He claims to be the... An investigative journalist, yeah, really. That's, he's an investigator. He's a journalist. He's reporting. He's seeking. He's finding. He's probably a life path seven, the seeker. It's amazing. He's, he's bringing truth forward. He's bringing thought forward. And this isn't about proving other people wrong. This is about seeking what your truth is, seeking the truth. And then other people get involved. 
the from advancement there. of knowledge, true knowledge, real knowledge, not uh, knowledge that's been told to you. You know, he's investigating it. He's there. He's doing the things. He's seeing it, touching it, feeling it, being it while he's doing it. And the the amount of uh, backlash he gets is phenomenal. It's just unbelievable. So think about all the people that are really, really bringing the innovation, really bringing forward something new, not the same words, not the same thought, not the same books. And think about how powerful that is. But at the same time, the obstacles, the obstacles. And so... We really wanted to touch on some things that we feel like would overflow to everybody listening as inspiration and empowerment. So I just want to say the reason why I'm inspired to share this thought behind AI and what's happening with the AI right now is to ease fear, is to provide some understanding and I think that we're, we're in a position to bring this information forward in a really dumbed down way. <laughs> like if there was a for dummies version, <laughs> this is what this is. Because here's the thing. It's so overcomplicated. And I talk about kissing yourself, keeping it simple, kissing yourself. That's what we want to do. We just want to bring forward some really simple things to unweave, unravel the complication, and maybe even give you a few key words to research for yourself. Thought experiment, like Lex Friedman always offers, thought experiment. Opening, you know, the key is to be open. So if you're open, you're the key. It's done. You're doing it. You're doing it. So now the seeking can can begin, the rabbit hole, however you want to view it for yourself. And bringing it forward for yourself first is really powerful because then you can sit in that knowing and really feel through it. So I like to shelf ideas. Some people in my coaching program talk about putting things in boxes or putting it on a corner for a minute. You can pick something up, put it down for a little bit and come back to it. You know, you don't have to master the understanding. And my here is, I mean, words and knowledge and wisdom is his confidence. He loves to dig deep, but even when it comes to this idea of these, these AI chats and softwares, he knows that he has only begun to scratch the surface of the knowledge. Very true. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm a firm believer in at least giving yourself some knowledge on as many topics as possible. I think it helps you become a more rounded individual uh, more confident in yourself, more confident in the things that you know. And, uh, you know, AI is another one of those things. I, I started hearing about it, and uh, initially fear kind of settled in, and it made me want to look more into it and not get left behind, honestly. I feel like there's a curve that's so big with it right now. Most people haven't even heard of it, and the ones who have really don't even know how to utilize it, myself included. I'm learning how to do that now. So I guess that's part of the point of this is we can't be fearful of something that we don't know, which is something easy for us all to do. Fear what you don't know. Absolutely. So 
I really like everything that I do, whether it's a meditation, whether it's an energy reading, it doesn't, it doesn't, the coaching, it doesn't matter for me. What I like to do is kind of pull forward information, maybe even pull up some unwanted and have a release, a letting go, maybe even a purging and a paradigm shift, a shifting. And then I like to just fill up on what is wanted. And for a lot of people, it's this idea of positivity. And for me, it's never a matter of love or positivity. That is the overflow from joy and happiness. And up high on this vibrational feeling that we all feel, joy and happiness, there's enlightenment there. There's enlightenment. So there actually is this high vibration to knowledge and wisdom because enlightenment is way up high with joy and happiness, which is actually a higher vibration than love. And for many, love can feel like many different vibrations. Love comes in many different forms. Absolutely. And joy and happiness for me, it it just seems like joy and happiness is joy and happiness. We all know that. The smile, the overflow. And so for me personally, I know that we are these powerful magnets. Our hearts are magnets. There's positive and negative. There's wanted and unwanted. Just like a battery charge. Also, there's vibration and discharge. Lightning is discharge. So there's both. There's this yin-yang, this balance, this flow, this in and out. So as we talk about some of maybe the things that we don't like or maybe the things that might feel fearful, we're going to end this podcast talking about something really wanted because we're going to really dive into quantum computing and quantum energy and get down to the atom of it, which is life. And there's going to be some reassurances here, I believe, for many of you. So let's talk about some of this stuff and then just know we're going to fill up on the wanted. We're going to, we're going to take back our power and be really empowered here and we're going to we're going to move in the direction of what is wanted in this so that you don't feel powerless so you don't feel powerless here's where we're going to start let's start with let's start with what ai software a chat gpt is let's talk about what that is in the simplest terms in the simplest term, in the simplest terms, it is a really cheap copyright program. It is where AI software, this is software. <laughs> Who programs software? Humans. So it is a written software. So when we were talking about how Mike created the heart, right, back in the 80s, and I created the smiley face back in the 80s when we first had these computers that had no internet, that's what we're talking about. It's coded software that humans have created. Now, some AI chat software, or many people call them AI bots, can write code and write some of this and replicate that which humans can write. So really, we can just start with this foundation of these AI. And in you guys, it doesn't matter if it's an AI art 
an AI app. Like there's so much AI art right now and even AI music and created things outside of the words. It's all part of it. So it doesn't matter if it's an image, if it's sound, if it's written words. These AI bots and software like ChatGPT basically are cheap copywriters. They're like the college kid that doesn't want to actually write the paper. They go out and gather everything that has already been put out on the internet, the www. Yeah, the way I've, I've started to realize it is for myself or a simple term for my brain to try to figure out is that the internet before chat GPT you know, it was you going out to specific websites where specific information was to gather your own information. Now what you can do is you can ask the search engine to comb everything that's ever been on the Internet and then create an answer for you based off of everything on the Internet. So that's kind of the leap. That's kind of what's changed. Instead of you having to go out and find specific information and compile all these different things together to come up with an answer or a solution or, you know, whatever it is you're looking for, now you can just ask the AI to kind of do it for you. You give it, you give it what you want. It understands what it is that you want and the information that you're wanting to get. And it scours the internet for you and compiles it into information that makes sense to you. And that could be an image, that can be sound, that could be written words, depending on what the AI software or the AI bot is created for. So even if it's an app within TikTok or some of the social medias that have these apps with AIs, it, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It is a still, it's a software, it's a coding that a human or maybe an AI program created, because that's kind of what's happening now. And Michael will talk a little bit about that, how it's <laughs> it's writing itself. And I think that might concern people. But really, all it's doing is gathering the information that's already there. And they are the software, these AI bots are only staying within the confinement of the written code. So, for example, if there is a TikTok image AI, right, that you hold up out, outside or in your space and it creates whatever image for you, whoever wrote that program, whoever wrote that bot has put in information or has the bot go to get specific information. And so, as you can see in some of them, some of the same images keep coming up over and over and over again because it's just gathering from the same pool of information. However, some of the advanced ones <laughs> are gathering and learning, and that's what's getting really interesting. So I think with some of the AI, for example, like the TikTok AI ones, there's so many on there. Um, I uninstalled TikTok. However, I know before I left, there were tons of AI, and people were using them like crazy. And that is a more simplified version than maybe what a chat GPT is, or even the one on Bing that I know that Mike has been experimenting with. Um, there's different levels of complexity. 
And we're going to talk about where we think the AI is being biased. So we're going to get to that conversation. If you're already thinking that, we have already experienced it. And Mike has been exper experimenting with many of these to see what comes forward. You can easily find... Let me preface it with this. The, uh, the AI is largely being advanced right now by users just using it. It learns as you're using it. It uh, doesn't know if it's giving you a right answer or a wrong answer, but you can give feedback on that answer. And the more people that give feedback on answers, the more it's going to change how the AI in the future responds to things and how it answers various questions. So that's that's important to know that you do have a part in the future of AI and what it has to say to you and what it has to do for you. And the, the best thing that I've learned is that think of it as an assistant. It's not a replacement. It's not anything like that. If you well, can... it can't think on its own. It can't. It's it's a software. It, again, it is the it's the lazy college kid that doesn't want to write their own paper or draw their own pa or paint their own painting or write their own music. It really is a lazy college kid that gets really good at copywriting <laughs> and stealing and gluing it all together. That's really what it is. This is not, there's no human brain behind it. It really is a matter of storage and memory. So, I mean, what, where is really the power with these AIs right now with the software? Their storage capability. They can store all that data. But think about the grocery stores. Think about all the stores that you shop in that you have a card to get the discount, to get the best price, and they track everything you're buying. They track all your spending. You know, <laughs> these people that we've been shopping in these stores, they've been tracking our buying. They've been tracking this stuff. And so that's a form of AI as well, tracking what people are doing, having the data, the data on it. I mean, I was in marketing for years. Uh, the biggest part of marketing is the survey and knowing what's going on out there. And so part I think of this AI too is that just the data and the storing of data and knowledge and information, whether it's true or not, doesn't matter. We haven't even talked about whether anything's true or not. It doesn't matter if it's true or not when it comes to AI software. It's a cheap copyright. So it doesn't matter to the AI whether the information that it's going to bring to you is true or not. It's not a human. It's not a, a living, it's not an atom, it's not life, it's just a program. Yeah, it's being given a set of rules to follow, and it follows those rules. That's as basic as it can get. Uh, it is starting to kind of rewrite its own code, if you will, if you give it the prompt to do those things. So if it runs into a problem, for example, trying to find information in its own code, it can rewrite its own code to fix that problem. So that's an interesting <laughs> dynamic as well. But it's still limited. Yes. Because it's software. Yes. It can't go build itself a computer. It can't go build, like, it can't, it, there's no physicality to it. It's just. 
It has no arms or legs. No. <laughs> no. Not at all. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we were to mix that software with maybe robotics, right? That's when people start getting a little nervous about stuff. <laughs> That's when, right? Okay, but let's not go there quite yet because this is a good baseline for us to understand when people are talking about AI software, what's going on there? And there is limitation. And so let's talk about the truth factor. There is no truth factor going on with these chat bots and with chat GPT or the Bing chat. What It doesn't matter what one we're talking about. There's no truth happening, meaning there's no judgment. There's no weighing. There's no knowing whether something's true or false. It's just going to keep gathering data and information. Again, a cheap copyright. And so it's just going to bring forward whatever it's programmed to bring forward or whatever it's locating. And what we have figured out is the bias is incredible. The bias is so incredible with these bots and what it's bringing forward. It is. It is incredible. Uh, and it's really easy to see it in real time. You know, you, you just pick any major topic where there's a pretty good division, whether it's a president or, you know, an issue of some sort without getting into all sorts of details and opening cans of worms. But, you know, you can definitely see that it's, it's been trained to give results in certain, I don't know what word I'm looking for, in a certain slant, if you will. And so I think nowadays, now it's more important than ever to have a full rounded view on whatever the topic it is. You know, a lot of times nowadays we really get stuck in our, our box of what we believe and we're not going to bust out of that. Like this is what I believe and there's no other alternative. Well, with AI and the information that's out there, it, it really is a benefit to get every angle and every side that you can to, uh, to, uh, to educate yourself and become a, just a more well-rounded individual. So when we think about this idea of the information coming forward being true or false, it's interesting when we started asking this, this chat GPT, specifically that one, we asked about lucid life vibes. So lucid life vibes is really my branded name for all things social media and everything on the www here. So I have lucidlifevibes.com and we asked some questions. We asked about really the keywords. Um, Mike even got ChatGPT to reduce Lucid Life Vibes to one word, one keyword that would that would best explain. And also asked about growing and expanding Lucid Life Vibes. So he really put the chat and <laughs> this 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 uh AI bought through the ringer with lucid life vibes. And, you know, I'm fairly new. And so is lucid life vibes. 
to all these platforms. I have other YouTube channels. I dabbled in the past and I used to coach and help small business owners to market and tell their story. So I actually was creating content for small businesses. And then the whole 2020 shutdown and the craziness of that occurred. I got off of social media because of what was happening. And so Lucid Life Vibes is actually fairly new. So when we were asking the AI chat, I just want you guys to know that this idea of Lucid Life Vibes is very new. We're talking just over a year that I've been using Lucid Life Vibes, that I've been going live and streaming. Um, my podcast, the first podcast was November of 2022. So as of this date right now, I haven't even been creating podcasts for a year. I've been live streaming for a year. And so this is a new topic for the AI to be searching. So it's really fascinating that there's not a long history there. And we never used my name. We just use Lucid Live Vibes. It absolutely blew me away. I, <laughs> it was almost, it gives you the impression that it knew who you were talking about, like sentient. It was kind of crazy. I want to, I kind of want to read this real quick because I, I asked it a really simple question. I said to categorize lucid life vibes, very vague, like just lucid life vibes without using specific words like tarot, wellness, spiritual, reader, and psychic. And it literally told me this. I'm going to read this to you. Lucid life vibes can be categorized as a type of personal development or self-improvement practice that emphasizes self-awareness, mindfulness, and introspection. It may involve techniques such as journaling, meditation, visualization, or manifestation to help individuals gain clarity about their goals, aspirations, and values. Uh, sorry, hold on. Just lucid life vibes. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I got a little lost there. You're good. Take your time. Take. This is so good. I love this so much. Uh, yeah, to help gain clarity about their goals, aspirations, and values. Lucid Life Vibes also focuses on cultivating a positive mindset, overcoming limiting beliefs, and creating a sense of purpose and meaning in one's life. Wow. Yeah, like, holy cow. That's pretty right on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that um, really so many have been wanting me to categorize and that's what I struggle because I'm labeled this and I don't fit into boxes. And a lot of people at first sight, they put their own labels and I'm none of that. <laughs> and so really for me, it's quantum energy, it's self mastery, it's meditation and relaxation and knowing yourself, awakening to who you are, remembering empowerment. Self-mastery is my vibe. Empowerment is my vibe. And it's interesting because a lot of people like to use the word spiritual. Um, and because I do energy readings, I'm an open channel in the coaching. Um, I do use intuition and psychic abilities. But this is part of what I coach, the inner navigational system. And I'm actually going to be doing retreats in the future on coaching and teaching people in person about their inner navigational system and how to tap into their psychic abilities. However, I, I really don't want to fit into those boxes. And so when you brought this forward with the, the AI chat, I was inspired. I was encouraged. 
I thought it was such a great tool and a marketing tool for me to see how other people viewed me outside of those categories that most people want to stuff me into. So for me, that was empowering. That was really amazing. Yeah, it was neat to be able to put in your your company name, if you will, or your site and it give back based off of everything that's on the internet about you or about those keywords. Such a positive. People pay so much money for marketing for that, the surveying and the, the feedback. So for me, I think that's an incredible tool. However, you have to keep in mind the bias and what it's going to bring back. So you can't take things personally if it returns something that is unwanted for you. So let's say I had gotten uh, something that came back that wasn't me, <laughs> that it wasn't me. And that would be an indicator to me of how to adjust how I tell my story, maybe adjust the keywords that I'm using and the things that I'm saying. So again, I think this is incredible and powerful. And I love this aspect of this AI program and, and software. I think that's incredible and it's empowering. And it's, it's really knowledge-based where you can get such a good summary of what's out there and a snapshot for you to sift and sort through. Yeah, it's a, it's almost kind of an extension of your own research. Yeah, research. You know, it's a, it's a, it really is a good tool to almost kind of answer some questions that you're having a hard time maybe getting answers for because it has such a large resource to pull from that is ultimately unbiased because, like we said, it's a program. So it's uh, it can kind of take you to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. You no, know, it's being likened to the internet in terms of the next like revolutionary leap in humankind, if you will. You know, the internet changed everything for everybody. It did, uh, and so in ways that we couldn't even possibly imagine no. until now. And now, what's happening with AI? It's going to revolutionize the way we find information, communicate, do tasks. Uh, it, it really is kind of like having your own personal assistant in a lot of ways. Right. As long as truth isn't, it's not all truth. You have to sift and sort through it. It's, it's like any kind of information that comes your way. It's, there's no truth involved in it. It's a gathering of information, and so you still need to sift and sort through it. Yeah, and right now, for sure, there's no guarantees that the the answer that it's giving you is correct. In any AI tool that I've used so far, learning it, it pretty much clearly states right at the beginning of every time you open it up that this can give misleading information, that it can be false, that it can do these things. Yes, and it'll say it can do these things, these things, and these things, but. It's very clear to say that the information that it gives you might not be the right answer. So, when, even if it seems like it is. When Mike reduced his questions all the way down and asked the chat GPT to give him one keyword to define lucid life vibes, the answer was mindfulness. Mindfulness. Wow. Awesome. That is so invaluable for me to know that. I love that. And if I could pick one, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's, that's a, a good great one. one. Yeah. 
So at the same time, Mike asked all about how to expand Lucid Life Vibes. And the answer was to jump on Instagram and start spending $5,000 a month in social media marketing. Come on, really? I'm not even on Instagram. How holy? I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. I, it's shocking. The bias on it telling me to spend $5,000 a month on social media marketing and specifically to go to Instagram. Wow. Yeah, it just shows you how you need to look at the information that you get because while it gave us that kind of information where it was go to this company and spend your money, go to this place and spend your money, do this with these people, you know, that's obviously bias there. Or so it seems it, it maybe it didn't give options. It didn't give options. It didn't give options. But on the flip side of that, all I had to do was go in there and say, create a plan to make lucid life go viral. And it came up with an objective statement, like a mission statement. It came out with three or four different uh, bullet points on what it needed to do. And then it went down each one of those bullet points and how it needed to be done. And then it gave a budget. And it specifically split the budget up a specific way so that you could spend it according to its answers the best way to help you. And then what the final result would be. And it did it in a matter of 10 seconds. It was kind of crazy. So, you know, there is two sides to it. The information that we got wasn't so super helpful. <laughs> but at the same time, it kind of was. It gives yeah. you kind of an idea of what you need to do. A good general roundabout. Idea. So is it a good tool to have for humanity and humans? I think so, especially with the Internet, right? And everything we've described about the creation of the Internet. In the history of the internet and where we are. However, um, this idea of giving it more power than it even has, I think that's kind of overrunning right now. I think a lot of people are thinking, oh no, oh no, because it is so unknown. And so I want to talk about this idea. We actually went over to Joe Rogan and there was a great podcast on Joe Rogan and where his guest was talking about the difference between the AI software and the quantum computing. And this is a quantum physicist. And I'm not going to be quoting. I'm just, it really inspired us and it inspired me to dive deep into quantum energy and computing, which I love. And this physicist really inspired me with this thought. And again, I'm not quoting. I'm just passing on my inspiration. He was talking about what we just discussed really short, really, really quick. He brought up this idea of AI software and how it compiles this information, but true and false don't matter. It's not about truth and that it's software, that it's not living, breathing. It's not an atom. And then he talked about quantum computing and he talked about how quantum energy quanta is matter, which is the atom of things. It's, it's the energy. It's the actual atom. And it's computing at the atomic level for whatever that means for you. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you talk about quantum computers and quantum computing, truth does come into play because there is truth when it comes down to the atom. And I've been one who talks about nothing is hidden through the quantum energy. And that's 
that's true. Whether you're going through the quantum energy, through your thought, through meditation, we are the portal. Humans, I talked about this in the Gateway podcast. If you haven't listened to the Gateway, definitely go listen to that. They, The CIA documents bring forward the fact the human body is a gateway, a powerful gateway. And when you balance the hemispheres of your brain and you get into the heart space and you breathe, there's this the way your heart begins to pump and this magnetic heart that we all have. And so you are a powerful gateway and we are more powerful than quantum computers. And when we tune into that power and we are the gateway, it's incredible. And those of us that are really diving deep into this and the the quantum computers that we are, it's, fascinating. And so I just want to share with you guys that when you go to quantum physicists and people in quantum computing, they do talk about what's true and false because you can go down to the atom. Quantum computing does bring forward the the actual percentage of things. (laughs) The, The numbers come forward in quantum computing life comes forward. And so when we're talking about this AI software versus quantum energy, quantum computer computing, they're not even the same. The AI software is not living, breathing. It's not an atom. It's not, it's just a, a, a replicator of, of copyright and of gathering information. It, of the worldwide web, the internet, and whatever's been put out there. It doesn't matter the truth of it. It doesn't matter the numbers of it. And it really doesn't matter the energy of or vibration of it. Whereas in the quantum computing, it does. All that is in play. And so the way a quantum physicist would explain it is there are percentages When the quantum computer pulls forward information, it will give you the data behind it. And then there's the whole blockchain. And that's a whole nother conversation that I can't even have. But that whole concept is, again, a matter of getting back to the truth, chaining back to the truth of things. So when we talk about quantum energy and quantum computing, it is so different from this idea of AI. It really is. And even robotics at that, you know, robots are programmed. So if we mix the AI, the robotics and the quantum computing, yeah, now we're having a little bit different kind of conversation. Now we're going in a little bit different direction. So I think this is really fascinating when we can really look at things as you know, a hard piece of computer equipment, right? Like a written Mm. word, a piece of paper, like a tangible, physical, like right, right? Yeah. You blew my mind. And then there's, (laughs) oh, then there's the possible possibility, right? There's the infinite potential of things. And that's just the difference for me right now is these AIs and the words of it and the copyright of it and just replicating whatever's out there over and over and over again is so different from life and what's life giving. 
And when you do get buried, and I think all the words and the whole internet, right? When you get buried in and you don't know what's true, what's false, it can be overwhelming. It can be too much. And that's why I invite everybody to relax and breathe. And that's why you invite people to research for themselves, even if it's just one word. Oh, yeah, just a little bit. Anybody anybody can get on the most powerful uh, chat GPT there is. Uh, it's, it's available through Bing, certainly not spokesperson. <laughs> But it's available through Bing. You know, you just click on their new chat feature. Uh, there's three different headings, I think. One is uh, standard or something. One is creative and a, another one like is a fine point type one. Uh, there, if you click on creative, you suddenly have access to the most powerful chat GPT AI there is out there. And uh, you can play with it. It's it's fun, and, and I think if uh, more people would just do it when they hear about it and try to get an idea of what it is through that, it'll ease fears and, uh, you know, maybe even create a little bit of excitement and a way to use it to where where you can benefit yourself the best way that you can, regardless of what biases it has in it and things like that. You know, able to identify that type of stuff and and use it as a tool for information and to better yourself and and I kind of leave it at that. There you go. You guys, thank you for being here. No matter what platform you're listening to this on, we're glad you're here. And we love your feedback. I invite you over to YouTube at Lucid Life Vibes. I invite you to the Clapper app, Lucid Life Vibes. And I invite you over to Twitter, Lucid Life Vibes. Mike, what's your Twitter? At Wondering Dabbler? I think it's OG Mikey Mac, actually. Oh, my Twitter. Yes, sorry. My Twitter is OG Mikey Mac. There you go. We would love for you guys to tweet us. Let us know what you want to hear next here at the Lucid Life Vibes portal. And it's all about empowerment. Taking your power back. Wherever you are in that process, you're doing it. You're doing it. Remind yourself, I'm doing this. I'm having a human experience. It's time. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to step outside of your box. Me in this podcast <laughs> is stepping outside of my box. Yeah. So I appreciate being here and, and helping me to grow. As well. Getting yourself out of the comfort zone, whatever that is, and maybe just researching is getting out of your comfort zone. Like turning off the media, turning off other people. And just knowing for yourself, self-knowing is the best. Self-love, self-knowing, trusting in your knowing. We'll see you next time.